welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today we'll be diving into episode two or part two of Sanditon. Yes, where things really start to heat up. Yes. (laughs) In multiple ways. (laughs) Yes. We have a very awkward dinner party and some nakedness. (laughs) (laughs) Say some nudity and budding friendships. and. Oh yeah, we meet some new characters. Yes. Very exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So last week we had First Impressions podcast on, and Mm -hmm. that was a very fun episode. It was really fun. It was a very long episode. (laughs) (laughs) We we all are are just so excited about that first episode, and we could not stop talking. I know. (laughs) It'll be a good one. Yeah, and you really liked the first episode, so Mm -hmm. do you still feel the same way in the second episode? I do. I love this one even more. It was so good. (laughs) I just, uh, all the characters are getting a little bit more developed and some like minor characters from the first episode coming into play. It was a lot more fun. Yeah. (laughs) A lot more dramatic. And I think I, what I really appreciate about some of these adaptations is when they embrace like the silliness and (laughs) the just like everything going wrong. And those are my favorite parts. (laughs) Yeah, I have to say this episode for me was like, okay, maybe I'm judging these people too harshly because I've already (laughs) seen it once, but it was like a year ago that I watched it. So I don't remember everything that happens, but I do have certain impressions of people. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. like... I started to think maybe I was too hard on Clara. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you did say last episode that you couldn't trust a single word in her mouth. So that's I still good. feel the same way about that. <laughs> <but> <laughs> You're more understanding of her circumstances. Yes, that doesn't make her right, but still. <laughs> so I think it'll be interesting to see um, what my actual opinions are because they're ever evolving i don't remember very much from last year i mean Mm -mm. january of 2020 was like seven years ago at least yeah it feels (laughs) like it it feels like i'm already into my 30s i know i can't trust my opinions from that time (laughs) no i can barely remember that time (laughs) it seems so unreal that it was so it was like a year ago yeah well what's so weird (laughs) is that that was like two months before everything shut down but it was like we never had like a necessarily at least in the u.s like a slow build-up of that it was just kind of like all of a sudden like well this is bad let's shut down yeah <laughs> there was never like a small build yeah and so it's, that's it's so weird never gone back to adorable <laughs> no, as hard as they want to try <laughs> but anyway <laughs> back to sanditon mm-hmm. well i mean i guess that's kind of our first impressions was there anything else we wanted to say about just our first impressions of well, this time watching it um i what i really liked about this episode was because i remember reading a little bit about after the first episode just some like you know like um recaps and some stuff online and they like had mentioned sanitan was like you know chock full of those like you know typical austin like you know, I, you know, I might be a, a, just a little woman to you, but like, you know, I, I can stand up for myself and like, uh-huh. put her, put downs towards these men. But I feel like we didn't really get that much in the first episode. That's so true. I was very excited to see we got plenty of this yes. episode. <laughs> yes. There was a lot of setup in the first episode. Yeah. In meeting new characters. And this is where things, yeah, started to. We start to, and uh, with Charlotte, you know, really get mm-hmm. to know, like, what's really going on in this town below the surface, you know? Right. And the just momentary grandeur of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, which we had kind of started to get the very end of the last yeah. episode. But, um, yeah, so, and I will say my, so far, my opinion of Sydney, not changed. No. <laughs> <laughs> some, some of my opinions from the first episode changed about certain characters, but he's still on the show list. Yeah. He's so, a big no. That'll be a fun, interesting thing to see as we go along. How do I feel about Clara? Sydney, is it Clara or Clara? I don't, I get um, so confused with British I people. I feel like British people all would have to say Clara. Is it? I can't. I can't even remember. Like I always Clara. say, listen for how they pronounce it, Maya, and then I always <laughs> <then> forget. forget. <laughs> I feel like Clara just isn't how they would say it. Clara, Clara. I think I have Doctor Who stuck in my head because she was definitely Clara. In the- <laughs> <laughs> well, they'll know anyway. 
Yeah, fine. I mean, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> We're not British. I just want to try to say it like they say it so that I, you know, I can maybe by it. the end I'll get it correct. We'll see. Yeah, so, and Lady Denim, you know, I was praising her in the last one, but she was kind of yeah. an old mm, this time. But then at the end, I was like, okay, yeah. maybe I do like it. I, I don't know. <laughs> I have very strong feelings of dislike towards her after this episode, but... That's true. I could see, I guess, her being that type of character to have, like, a specific arc. Yes. Well, we've already established one of my favorite kinds of stories is, like, young, plucky girl gets mm-hmm. into trouble, and... In so many of those stories, there's like a mean old lady of the town who mm-hmm. nobody likes, but the plucky girl meets her and they become best friends and she finds <laughs> out, you're not so bad. And I always imagined that's who I'd be when I grew up. <laughs> <laughs> the girl, the old lady. <laughs> the old lady. <laughs> so funny. But yeah, we'll see. I'm well yeah. on my way. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least you're not as mean as Lady Denim, so... No, I don't think... Hopefully she'll have a chance to redeem herself. (laughs) Yeah, I think she started to a little bit at the end. She started. Yeah. But I guess we might as well get into some notes then. Yeah. If you're ready. I am ready, ready, ready. So we are... uh, on episode two, it doesn't really have a title. They just kind of all like 1.2, 1.1, 1.3. So no <laughs> yeah. title. I think on mine it's labeled like part one, part two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but then they, they name like parts of the story. Because on the DVD, I was like, when I was in start episode two, it was like part two. And then you like go to part two and it has like the scenes, I guess. Like oh, you uh-huh. can like scene selection screen, but it names them. Okay. So you can't name the episode. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I guess it's all one story. Yeah, it's, it's linear. <laughs> um, our director was Ollie Blackburn once again. Writer was Andrew Davies. Our cast was m- relatively the same. We got more Sydney Parker, Theo James. We got more Crystal Clark as Miss Lamb. Yes. Or Georgiana, as we find out. Yeah, we really get to start to know her in this episode. Right, which was amazing for me. <laughs> Let's see, let's see. We get more Arthur Parker, Turlo, Con- Oof. Turlo Convery, who oh. I really loved this episode. I thought he was funny. Yes, <laughs> that's quite a name. I know. Turlo it's... Convery, I like it. Turlo. <laughs> and then we got, I think, one new character, Young Stringer, pl- played by Leo Suter. Yes, who was, I believe, Maggie's ship for Charlotte. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which I did the minute I saw him. Yeah. Um, I was just like, oh, he's really nice and cute. And he appreciates her, oh, yeah. like, ability to take he charge. He a very good first impression. <laughs> yes. And so I was like, thank God she is, like, a little bit smitten by him. Yeah. And he is very smitten by her. Definitely. I don't think I mentioned the two, Sydney's two friends in the last episode. But we get a little bit more of them. Mr. Crow, played by Matthew Needham. And Lord Babington, played by Mark Stanley. I like Lord Babington. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember from future episodes that I will continue to like him throughout. <laughs> he, um, to me, this episode at first came off as very, like, you know, that annoying trait that, like, men of that time had where they were, like, going after women and they were like, I know I'm going to, like, win you. Right. And it's like, okay. <laughs> but then later on... But she's playing it in such a, I don't like you, but I want you to keep mm-hmm. showing me She attention. wants to be chased. <laughs> it was very much that. Came out the same time. I think it was released all at once in the UK and in the US because uh-huh. the release uh-huh. dates are the same for every episode. It, well, I, I must it, say. See, I know because Passport had it all, but I think on the TV, they actually did one per week. Oh, okay. Well, maybe it's just using the Passport dates, which is silly. <laughs> and then for this episode, I had found a a list of, and like little descriptions and things about it, of the places they filmed in the whole series. Oh, uh-huh, cool. And so I figured I would go through and kind of talk about some of the ones we've seen in episode one and two. So the first one I want to talk about is uh, Deerham Park, which is the Sandington house where Lady Denham lives. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's pretty. It's actually called Deerham Park, and... 
they filmed in the main house, obviously, but the streets where we see, like, where they are walking through is actually the little side entrances to the estate. Oh, really? Yeah. They're, like, when you see a picture of them, you're like, oh, it looks like a weird street. Um, and they just uh, stage it in a way where it doesn't, like, end, kind of, into the cool. door. But I thought that was really cool and kind of, like, huge <laughs> of the house. Um, oh, yeah. It's gorgeous. It's a Baroque house in the south of Glou- Gloucestershire. Um, I think it's... Is it Gloucester? It's... Gloucester? I want to say it's Gloucester, but I could be totally oh, wrong. God. Maybe we should get Google to translate. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Worcestershire. So Gloucester or Gloucester? Maybe Gloucester. I think it's Gloucester. <laughs> Gloucester. Oh, my God. <laughs> say this is very... Someone's going to be like, oh, this is insufferable. <laughs> so we've lost all of our... Gloucestershire listeners at this point. Yes, please. If you're from Gloucestershire, if you know if you know where we're talking about, <laughs> tell us how to properly say it, please. That um, it was built at the turn of the 18th century, but the land that it was built on, and I'm going to reference this book a lot. It's called, a, I think, a Domesday book. A Domesday. Yeah, so it's D O M E S D A Y. Interesting. And I looked it up, and this kind of book is like a, a manuscript record of of much in England and parts of Wales that was <laughs> first done in the year 1086. Wow. And so essentially the land was referenced, I think, on that Domesday book. So it's it was at least owned oh, and okay. people had been on it, I guess, since the 10 hundreds. Wow. So it's been around for a long time. That's pretty impressive that you can trace a history of something. Yeah, that, long. <laughs> that yeah, that when I saw that, I was like, that has to be a typo. <laughs> Is it not 1886? And then this was I thought was cool. In 1511, it was licensed to enclose the land for maintenance of a captive deer herd for hunting. Ooh. And to this day, there's an historic herd of fallow deer that roam freely in the parkland. Wow. So I thought it was really cool. And then you might know more about this because it's British TV, but... Um, <laughs> The estate Deerham Park um, has a history of being showcased on screen, and it was it does look very familiar. <laughs> featured in the 1993 Merchant Ivory film *Remains of the Day*, and ha- appeared on *Masterpiece* as a filming location for *Wives and Daughters* on PBS in okay. *Crimson Fields*. I don't okay. think that makes sense to you. I but... don't. I don't think I've actually seen any of those. I've definitely heard of *Wives and Daughters*, mm-hmm. but I um, definitely recognize. Some of the places. Mm-hmm. There was one. I don't know if it was Lady Denim's. It was like a big yellow f- facade. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what. It could be it that in. one, or it could be Clum, uh, Charlotte's house where she, her family was, maybe. Yeah, maybe, or maybe it was the the poor Denim's, <laughs> Esther and mm-hmm. Edward. Right for the next location. Yeah. So the next one is Iford Manor, which, if you remember, in episode one, I think it's around where. Charlotte lived, and it was that, like, stone bridge where her and her dad uh kind of said their, like, unofficial goodbyes. Uh And he was like, careful what the beach people do. (laughs) Um, It's a... there. It says that there's been, like, a manor or house of some sort that was built in the late 16th 16th century on Uh there. Um, And it's located at the Wiltshire and Bath border. And it was a central player in the history of Britain's wool industry. So much wool industry talk yes. from the from these locations. <laughs> was it um, Bath like a wool, a wool place for a while? I think so. I remember that. <laughs> but um, they also are, I guess. What's there's like a famous gardens around there called the Italian Tepeto Gardens. There I go. <laughs> and you would find this uh, very interesting, and that those Petto Gardens were a key location in the upcoming 2020 adaptation of The Secret Garden. Oh! Starring Colin Firth and Julie Walters. Yeah, I heard about that. And they had the same production designer as Samson. I feel like The Secret Garden was... Uh, my dad read that to us when we were kids, and mm-hmm. I think it was like one of my first like... Not grown-up books, but ones that I thought of as It was as like a like, little mature. Yeah, I feel like that. And then we read Tom Sawyer in fifth grade, and I was like, I'm a grown-up. I've read grown-up books now. <laughs> <laughs> I never got to read those books. My the school. Secret Garden? Yeah, I remember seeing the... Isn't there like a movie from like the 
80s or 90s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's like, it's a famous movie, right? Or at least I feel like it's... It's been adopted a bunch of times, but there's definitely um, a very famous musical. Maybe that's... I don't know. I saw something in that was from the 80s or 90s of a Secret Garden, but it was so long ago, I don't remember a single thing about mm. it. I barely remember those Secret Garden. And the next place we're going to go to is Brain Beach, which is where <laughs> they film all their beach scenes. Oh, cool. It's seven miles long um, in Somerset and is one of the longest stretches of sand in all of Europe. Wow. Because sometimes it looks very sandy and sometimes it mm-hmm. looks very rocky. Yeah, it says that that low tide reveals their um, stretch of mud flats. So I think that's probably like low tide is when it's like all the mud flats and then oh. you have that high tide and it just covers everything up to like the rocky shelly part oh, maybe. Okay, okay. That's what it seems like at least. Interesting. Um, but they are apparently there are a number of archaeological sites on the beach. Oh. Which is thought to have been inhabited in the Stone Age. Wow. Um, and then ruins of a Roma- Romano uh, See, this Celtic. Is my temple. favorite stuff. If I ever travel, these are the kinds of things I love to learn about mm-hmm. and see. Like, oh, there's ancient civilization that lived here. Yeah, it's <laughs> that's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, and especially if you find like, I don't know, like ruins or something that's like still kind of feasibly still together, and it's oh, yeah. to see how they really live. <laughs> I'm very Catherine Moreland that way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they said they found ruins of a Romano Celtic temple on the south side of the beach cool so i thought that was really cool yeah Um, that's awesome and i think that's all we've come across so far that they've listed so i will save the rest for future episodes perfect (laughs) all right well i guess it's time to get into the recap then yes Okay, we start off in Charlotte is going for a morning swim. So girl your hair. <laughs> I'm so concerned with her hair, but like that's serious swimming and she's going straight from the beach, putting on her clothes and going home. Mm-hmm. Her hair looks surprisingly good for having just I mean, I don't know. Never not mm-hmm. everyone has the same hair as me, but I say maybe she has that. <laughs> Mine perfect... never looks good after the beach. So. <laughs> she well it seemed like hers was really curly, so maybe she has those like that perfect hair for like that saltiness makes it curl up. Yeah, maybe. Maybe when you don't wash it, it just does good things for it. <laughs> I was going to say, they would wash it like once a year. So <laughs> it probably had all its natural oils. Totally. Okay, on the way home, she passes Sydney, who doesn't acknowledge her. Rude. <laughs> just deliberately looks around her. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, at least be subtle about it. Don't be a jerk. Yeah, he's a jerk. Um, <laughs> and then she's out with the Parkers to church, I believe. Mm-hmm. And she sees Edward and he's definitely gone down in her estimation. She's just mm-hmm. like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. Yeah. Uh, For me. <laughs> uh, okay. The pastor is making a sermon comparing the ladies Lord. to flowers. And he says that there's room for more exotic blooms. Well, I was like, okay. <laughs> At this point, I think I out loudly said microaggression number one. <laughs> <laughs> There's like, it's surprising because Jane Austen's father was a pastor, but there mm-hmm. are so few like decent pastors in I know. Jane Austen. I don't even know if pastor is the right. There's so many different words. Whatever they're like, yeah, sermon person. Yeah. <laughs> sermon person. Probably pastor is better than sermon person. <laughs> That's all he deserves for being annoying <laughs> and being really weird. And like, I got a really uncomfortable vibe once he ended that speech. Oh yeah, because he says plucked. they fulfill God's will by simply blossoming and waiting for the day they will be plucked. <laughs> and, then, and there were like a million eye rolls by the women in the audience. I was about to say the cameraman like panned to each <laughs> actress, and she was like, "Okay." Yeah. They're like, "Give your honest reaction." Yeah. Um, and outside, Mary asked Charlotte what she thinks, and she said she didn't care for this sermon. <laughs> she said she'd rather be a spinner in a toiler. But Arthur wants to be a blossom. <laughs> <laughs> I was. This part made me like kind of love him even more. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like he just enjoys all the like richness, like parts of life, like the right. butter toast and 
the wine. I think if I was Miss Lamb and was forced to marry one of the people I had met so far in the story, mm-hmm. I would definitely go for Arthur. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I was you know, at thinking. At least he's going to be fun and let me do whatever I want and laugh at my jokes. I was like, he won't <laughs> care. And it's not like he can go out to stop you because he's a huge hypochondriac, so he won't chase after you. And he, to me, is a little bit queer-coded. Like, where they're not saying he's gay or, like, queer at all, but he kind of has these qualities. Yes. And the fact that he's not necessarily, like, I don't know, like, The fact lustful. that he wanted to be the blossom to be plucked. Right. And he's not <laughs> acting like he's trying to court, really, any women. I mean, yeah. he went, he talked about going to dance with Georgiana at the dance last episode, but it wasn't, like, it was very, like, he yeah. was trying to come on to her. Yeah, and he lives with his sister. Exactly. <laughs> so he's... there's a lot of queer-coded things about him that I'm, like... I'm like, mm, I'm in my head, he's queer. And that's why I love him. <laughs> well, and I don't think there's anything that would... Um... I would say otherwise. Exactly. At least not so far. <laughs> uh, because again, don't really remember everything. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what we're getting. Okay, so, um, yes. Edward Denham is looking through his bills back at home. Mm-hmm. And Esther is saying she wants to keep him focused on bringing down Clara. Mm-hmm. And he admits to her taking him in hand. Oh, yeah. He admits to her taking him in hand. <laughs> <laughs> and that Charlotte saw. I thought that was very, just such a turn of phrase. <laughs> I know. Well, what's so crazy is that, like, I was like, oh, how is, is he going to lie about it? Like, how is he going to word it? And then to word it in that way, I was like, I I know what that means. And it made me like feel more ashamed than if he had just said what it was. True, true. I was like, I feel like I know what that is. <laughs> but Esther gives him such a look at that moment. <laughs> I just like want to like yell at him and be like, she threatened to poison Clara last episode, so you might want to be careful about what you reveal. <laughs> well, um, yeah, she says that she's very worried and now she will deal with Clara. <laughs> Clara. <laughs> <laughs> But next we see her, Clara, picking up a chest for Lady Denim. Mm-hmm. And inside is not a bomb, but a pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> it will be the centerpiece of her luncheon party, which is for Miss Lamb, who will be mm-hmm. the guest of honor wherever she goes. <laughs> I was like, okay. And Charlotte gets an invitation and seems excited, but Mary seems suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> Mary's the smartest one in this show so far yeah (laughs) even though she's like in the background you don't see her that much she always knows what's going on i was gonna say she (laughs) reminds me of one of these other oh she reminds me in um emma the gwyneth paltrow version her governess who kind of like is like Uh who's like kind of all-knowing and she's like i know what's really going on here like i know these people are really (laughs) like oh my gosh just side note really quick have you started bridgerton at all not yet okay well but you can say so lady Featherington mm-hmm. is Jane Fairfax from that Emma one we really? saw. Really? Yeah. I oh, was yeah. looking at her. I was like, is that Jane Fairfax? <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. I've always felt like I had seen her, so I feel like I would have been going crazy if you had done so. <laughs> I feel like I see her again. That's She's so really cool, good. Though. Yeah. Okay. Back to Sanditon, though. Oh, Lady Denham lays down some truth on Edward as she insists that he win Miss Lamb's hand. Basically, like, you have to marry. You have no other prospects. You better find yourself a rich wife. And Mm -hmm. she's the richest, so go for it. (laughs) She says she doesn't care what he does after he gets married, though. So, yeah, okay. Nice lady. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she used that so wild oats euphemism again I'm i get like, the impression okay. that lady denham had to maybe put up with some bs from her former husbands i could and I it's could just like she had to pay off a couple this is the way it is <laughs> don't go on, no illusions about what marriage is <laughs> right well it seems like she's obviously been i guess in a way quote-unquote like beaten down by her past relationships to view it a certain way because of how she talks to Clara in the future and Georgiana. Maybe. So Maybe. Very interesting. Okay. So back at Trafalgar House, <laughs> Tom is drowning in paperwork and Charlotte offers to help. And she has an eye for that sort of work, which is very convenient. Yes. I feel like she's trying to find any sort of way to stay in Sanditon. 
then don't blame her. Well, I also think like uh, it it speaks to her like c- character, you know, like mm-hmm. she's smart. She can she Take can charge. do the like actual work work, <laughs> which she already said during the sermon. You know, like I don't want to be a pretty flower. I'd rather right do your paperwork <laughs> especially with 11 siblings like i feel like she is kind of oh, the one seriously the one who's always in charge and is like organizing everyone yeah so that makes sense like hunting expeditions yes <laughs> for small rabbits <laughs> but while she's going through the work she spies the model of the town and it seems as she's looking at it that she's starting to buy into the dream of sanditon mm-hmm. and Tom says that he's basically designed the town himself using a architectural catalog that he kind of adjusts with his foreman. Hmm. That's like, that's cool. Yeah. Just, just designing all the town. <laughs> he's very ambitious. Mm-hmm. So Tom takes Charlotte to see all the work being done. And we finally get to meet young Strager. Yes. Who we heard about in the last episode. And Charlotte seems impressed, and mm-hmm. so does he, very much so. <laughs> <laughs> so then, bleh, Sydney strolls up with his friends. <laughs> the worst. I will say, uh, to call back to what Maggie said last episode about how she ships them together, <laughs> I also immediately, after seeing them interact, was like, they need to be together. Sydney needs to fall into the ocean and never come out. <laughs> well, he hasn't done anything good so far. Sydney, nope. I mean. <laughs> Not a thing. And Charlotte and Stringer obviously kind of have a little bit of sparks right off the bat. Oh, yeah. So Tom is talking to Sydney about keeping the young people in town. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't... Sydney brought two friends. <laughs> two friends. And he can barely keep them there for like two days. He is not doing anything. No. I was <laughs> like, he seems kind of like almost like a fuck up because... I mean, he. I think he also technically brought Georgiana, but she does not like it here. <laughs> so it's like exactly. You brought. <laughs> She's not spending any money. <laughs> no, you brought someone who hates it here, and then you brought two <laughs> friends who are spending money, but are they seem like wild cards to me? Like, yeah, they don't seem reliable. They don't <sighs> seem like they care where they are. Honestly, I'm sure they'd be happy to stay there forever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> as long as they keep getting drinks, and girls. I say girls. Girls. Uh, Charlotte tries to apologize to Sydney. And she takes on way too much of the blame on herself. Agreed. And he says he basically doesn't give a shit what she thinks. (laughs) He doesn't actually think about her at all. And Charlotte's like, well, I wonder that you don't think about me if you take the trouble to be quite so rude and offensive. (laughs) I was like, you go, Charlotte. (laughs) Yes, I was. It was such a 180 from her last episode, which I guess makes sense because last episode she was like just meeting everyone and getting her qualms. But this was like i was like oh this is the charlotte i love <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> she was like well if you were being so rude maybe you didn't care yeah this is the kind of character i would be because if someone mm-hmm. insults me to my face there is absolutely no way i am walking away without insulting them back no. <laughs> <laughs> okay especially oh god anyway <laughs> this is the anti sydney parker podcast <laughs> i know People just love him, and I'm like, Why? I know he does. He he. There. I mean, he starts to warm up a little more. Yeah. Later. So we'll, we'll have to see. We'll see. At this point, I just dislike him so much. <laughs> I'm say I feel like with every adaptation, we pick one uh, evil man, and we're like, <laughs> we hate him. <laughs> he can't do anything well, right. Funny because watching Bridgerton, there's definitely several episodes where I was like, I hate every man in this <laughs> show. <laughs> I feel like that's how those are supposed to be because all the women are like more quote unquote enlightened. And Maybe they're not as. I mean, they do oppressive. manage to, you know, get me back, I guess. But like, do you have to make them all so horrible? Right. <laughs> okay. So, oh yes. So Esther is something when Lord Babington arrives to call on her. I was like, I don't know if she's pleased or displeased or she's definitely something though. Yeah. It seems like she is playing this game of, she's like, oh, like I don't really care, and like you know, a little bit. She kind of is like, kind of likes it. Yeah, I think she likes it. She likes playing with him, and I think he. She's definitely trying it. to like make um, Edward jealous. Oh, that's hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Lord Babington is my favorite. <laughs> He's very admiring. He says he would be happy to take care of her hair when he finds out that her brother does it. Mm-hmm. And she acts like she doesn't care a whit about him. <laughs> and then at the end, she's just, after he leaves, she's like, 
I hate your sex, Edward. <laughs> your entire sex. That was so funny. I, I laughed out loud. <laughs> this uh, is when I started to fall more in love with Esther. I was like, she is actually really funny. I do love <laughs> Esther. I feel like even though Esther can be really obnoxious in her own way, mm-hmm. there's never a point where I'm like, ugh. You're you're bad. I'm just like, oh Esther. Right. I don't know why. It just I think I'm it's so fickle. <laughs> I think it's because Edward is very unaware of the world and only aware of himself, and Esther is painfully aware of the world. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then we just get a scene of Georgiana, and she will not come out of her room. Okay. Then we see Sydney boxing, and okay. I said it very unrealistically knocks the guy out. <laughs> yeah, the guy who was. Twice as big, twice as fast. <laughs> Come on, Sydney. <laughs> and I mean, I guess we too technically get a reason because he was just the other guy was distracted by the maid that shows up looking for Sydney. But I still don't believe the way that he knocked him out. Yeah, me uh, neither. Like, but okay. whatever. I guess Sydney's tough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, I don't think they're. I hope they're not trying to make it think seem like we are supposed to like him more for this because I don't like him. Any more than I did before. <laughs> no, but it also made me think of Richardson. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Georgiana, uh, yeah, so, uh, so we're back at the house. Georgiana mm-hmm. is infuriated to have to be displayed as a freak at this fancy dinner. And yeah, yeah she's very, very annoyed. And Sydney says that her father wanted her to take her place in polite society. And she says that he took her from the one thing that she loved and she hates this miserable chili island (laughs) i love it and he says he can't do anything about the climate but she'll have to trust him did he do anything about your personality sydney (laughs) no i was like hoping that she had some sort of like quick little comeback to you know bite him back but (laughs) he's just such a blah yeah okay so arthur and diana are walking reluctantly (laughs) Sydney passes them with his carriage and refuses to pick them up so rude and then Charlotte and Mary are on their way and Charlotte says I swear this house is bigger since the last time I was here (laughs) and then so they're inside Arthur and Diana get there they're very sweaty and they're Mm. flagged Uh, but finally Miss Lamb arrives and everyone stops talking. Yeah. <laughs> not a good way to make her feel comfortable. I think, though, that just seems like what happens anytime anyone rich walks into a room. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> but then it's also like she, being a black woman, is like... <laughs> well, she's already super sensitive to the right. idea of it. And so, of course, she's like, this is not for me. Yeah. I'm sure she's dealt with society. <laughs> hmm. I'm sure she's had to deal with society back in London or wherever she was. Oh, yeah. I can imagine London is even worse. <laughs> Probably. So, okay, as they're going in, though, to dinner, Esther confronts Clara in an undertone. And that's when Clara is like, oh, I found out what it, you know, from an uncle mm. when I was a little kid. And that's when I was like, okay, maybe I feel a little sorry for Clara. <laughs> <laughs> so she's kind of had to be this a little bit like manipulative in a way to survive. So. Yeah. Plus, I feel like this was like. But still, oh, we haven't. Okay, we'll we'll get to know Clara more. So mm-hmm. at this point, I'm, I'm not as like, just, I'm still distrustful of her, but I'm yeah. not. I feel sorry for her. <laughs> yeah, I do feel more bad for her. And I, what I feel like this scene also does is make her on an even playing field with Esther. Because clearly Esther's had to do with bad stuff in her life. Yeah. You can tell. But Clara is like one of those people who has and does not show it. She's yeah. very good at like hiding yes. it. Yes, yes. And so it's like, she. I feel like it's a moment for Esther to be like, oh, we're the same person. Yeah, and you know what I also actually do appreciate? Even though it's clear that Clara is like scoping out what esther and edward's relationship is Mm -hmm. because she has like this like little knowing look to herself but it also i appreciate clara coming from the perspective of oh we're not enemies Mm -hmm. we're both women at the mercy of this world (laughs) right and i did appreciate her approaching it from that perspective and not like a catty like jealous weird bitchy kind Mm -hmm. of way that they might have done in a 
previous adaptation or something. Right. It seems like a little bit more of like a realistic, like <laughs> people who've been through hard lives. Yeah. Which I did want them to team up, but <laughs> maybe next season. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, maybe not yet. So Georgiana puts on her Antigua accent mm-hmm. to try to get under Lady Denim's skin. And Arthur <laughs> loves it. <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, they. Um, I put the subtitles on because I can't understand British people sometimes, yeah. especially Scottish <laughs> people. So I just always turn them on as like a Are reflex. Are there Scottish people in this? Uh, probably not, but <laughs> I just, just in general. Re- have recently watched programs with Scottish people and I was like, I did not understand a single word. <laughs> I just have a really hard time. But the, whoever did the subtitles put her, because it sounds like Patois. She's speaking in Patois. And they put as <laughs> like the descriptor of it, Caribbean voice. <laughs> I, was like, I don't think that's right, but. Well, I mean, it's just like a a Caribbean accent, I guess. Yeah, but it was just funny because they were just like, Caribbean voice. <laughs> it's always funny when you watch the subtitles. Yeah, I was like, I don't know who made these. <laughs> I just love that Arthur delights in her. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's so funny is that he, it's like one of these things where he's like not necessarily like me. He doesn't feel like he hates Lady Denim, but it's so funny that he like laughs at all of her like misfortune. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, Charlotte has to sit next to Sydney at dinner. Yuck. Edward is not very good at wooing. <laughs> Georgiana <laughs> sees straight through him <laughs> and pretty much puts him in his place. Shit, he was out of his league. Sydney tries to make conversation with Charlotte. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she rightly says, no thanks, you've made it clear you don't want my opinion, so <laughs> why don't you talk to someone else? <laughs> yeah. Why would I want to talk to you and get yelled at again for nothing? <laughs> yeah. Even when he's like, oh, I'm sorry. She's like, okay, send it somewhere else, please. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to eat. Uh, Georgiana tells Lady Denim that she doesn't care to be any man's property. Mm-hmm. And Lady Denim has the gall to reply, I thought you would be used to being a man's property. Was not your mother a slave? Oh, and everyone shuts up and stares. And Georgiana responds, being used to a thing and liking it are not the same thing. I know. I was like, after she said that line, I was like waiting for like this little like quip about her, like, you know, her little comeback or something. I was, I was like, we didn't get one. You no, know, she deserved it because she was so fucking racist. Yeah, but she asks Charlotte's opinion and she says she thinks Miss Lamb is right to value her independence just as Lady Denim does. Mm-hmm. And then she brings up Charlotte's hunt for a husband, Lady Denim does, which Charlotte scoffs at. And Lady Denim is really being a bitch in this scene. Yeah, a little unhinged. <laughs> she just comes out and asks Georgiana if she'd like to marry Edward. <laughs> and Arthur loves it again. <laughs> he, cuts, <laughs> he grabs the pineapple despite the protests and cuts it. And Ugh. it is rotten to the core and Blah. full of bugs. And everyone is a Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so funny because... Georgiana in the beginning was like making fun of her for the pineapple, like because she was like, "That's supposed to make me comfortable." They're not even from Antigua. Yeah. <laughs> well, so. first of all, it's so weird that it was a rotten pineapple because it looked not ripe because it was yeah. still very green. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know. I, yeah, I would figure a rotten pineapple was like soft and nasty, but maybe I got a disease. We should ship. maybe do a deep dive. Although I feel like maybe we already did it, but like on pineries mm-hmm. because i know we talked about it during northanger abbey yeah because we did a little bit. i think henry told me maybe had a pinery or something like that yeah i learned a little bit about like pineapple symbolism in my hospitality classes about like how because they were like considered exotic fruit they were like super expensive uh-huh. and so if you had one at like a dinner party it was like a big like oh look how rich he is or uh-huh. whatever so when she brought up the pineapple, I was like, okay, here we go. I love a pineapple. I do love a pineapple. I think it's the best dessert for a party, really, because there's so much, and it's so delicious. Yeah, as and it's, like, it's ripe. <laughs> so acidic and sour, unlike really anything yeah. they probably really had. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, mm. too bad it's rotten. Just <sighs> yes. like Lady Denim. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think, like... Well, we'll get to it. Okay, so Lady Denim wants a word with Tom, 
she's offended that everyone was offended by her. (laughs) (laughs) And she's so pissed at the moment that she wants to maybe withdraw her money from Sanditon. Rude. Yeah, so I was thinking about, because Lady Denham, it seems like the next day she's like, you know, a good night's sleep. That's about her, to her senses. But I was wondering why she was so pissed if, like, it was just because, like, her plan to marry off her nephew to her mm-hmm. was upended. And why is she so invested in getting Edward married? Is it just because, is it because she actually cares about them and really doesn't want them to end up destitute because she's not planning on bringing her money to them? <laughs> I was under the impression more that she knows, obviously, they're after her money. And she's like, here, marry this other rich girl and you won't have to bother me for money and you can Maybe. leave me alone. Maybe. That's what I Yeah, I think thought. I'm like, you know, certain people like Clara, I'm like, and Sydney, I'm like, the worst possible motives is what's going on in my head. But Lady mm-hmm. Denham, I keep thinking, best possible motives. So this tells you how fickle I'm being with this show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Georgiana is upset at home. Yeah, she should be. Charlotte feels bad for upsetting Lady Denham. And Tom is only worried because of the town. Right. And so Charlotte says she will go apologize, even though the Parkers don't insist in any way that she mm-hmm. does. Because <laughs> they know who Lady Yeah. The next day, she goes to Lady D's. <laughs> she apologizes, <laughs> insisting that it was her own idea. And Lady... Lady D? Lady Denim? I don't know. Am I switching it up? Lady D's funny. She actually seems amused by her desire to stand up for herself. Mm-hmm. And she says she likes to provoke people. And Charlotte tells her why she was rude to Miss Lamb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she seems to be feeling better and less apt to pull the rug out under the town at this point. She says yeah. that the town is safe for now. <laughs> for now. <laughs> for now. God. But the fact that she was just like, you know, I like you girl who speaks your opinions. Mm -hmm. Clearly she likes to speak her opinions. She says she likes to provoke people. I'm just trying to figure her out, you know, trying to figure out Lady Denim. Okay. (laughs) Oh yeah. So Georgiana is trying to catch the coach, but Mm -hmm. she doesn't have any money. Yep. And everyone basically laughs at her and kind of yells at her and pushes her around and she runs away. It's a pretty short scene, but it also kind of makes it, I mean, it's so evident. She's got a hundred thousand pounds, but she doesn't even have seven shillings on her person. Right. And like, I can't believe that she wouldn't have known ahead of time that she would have had to pay for that. So. Right. Well, you know, was like- it just impulsive or was it, I can't even get access to these seven shillings. I think it was more impulsive because after yeah, that probably. whole like lunch party thing and I'm sure and she already says she hates it here and she does not like Sydney. Yeah. So she was like trying to I would I felt like she was under the impression of trying to like escape. Yeah. Because then we you know, the scenes that follow after when she meets Charlotte and they're Yeah. It seems like her governess does not know where she is. Yeah. So Sydney and his friends are talking about trying to get girls. And Sydney gets very upset about the prospect of one of them going after Miss Lamb. Mm-hmm. He says that he's her guardian and that she doesn't like it there and she doesn't like him. <laughs> <laughs> I think we already figured that one out, Sydney. Yeah. Uh, so Charlotte is off for a walk on the cliff and she sees someone on the edge. I mean, it's not really an edge. Yeah, it just seems like someone who's just like... Distraught. Distraught and maybe like, it seems like it's kind of difficult to walk on it so yeah yeah and it's georgiana so worried charlotte joins her georgiana is crying and when she walks up and says hi it's me from the party georgiana turns around it collapses in her arms <laughs> i'm like oh they're besties right from the front. i know it was so sweet <laughs> and then we see edward comforting esther mm-hmm. it's only a second and Okay, so Charlotte and Georgiana, they're, Charlotte is trying to relate to her. You know, I'm also new in town. It's not the same, but, you know, just right. I can kind of relate. She says that she doesn't care for Sydney, and <laughs> she tries to assure her that Lady Denim doesn't really mean any real harm. And it's the beginning of a lovely friendship. Yes. <laughs> this is sweet. Uh, the guys are still drinking. Uh, this Tom comes in to talk to Sydney. 
and he wants to know what progress he's made. <laughs> Sydney is so defensive anytime anyone says anything to him. And I'm yeah. like, this is where I'm like, dude, you haven't done anything. What are you? What, right. What's your big accomplishment here? Sydney thinks he's doing a fine job, though. And, but Tom is on edge. Sydney says that it's a delicate business and he's trying his best. But I don't really think he is. No, definitely not. I know I've made it abundantly clear, but I really don't like Sydney yet. (laughs) But he goes out for some exercise. And, okay, let's see. Charlotte and Georgiana see Stringer on their walk. Mm -hmm. And then they go down to put their feet in the water and have a puddle or a paddle. Paddle. Paddle, (laughs) I think is what she called it. And then the governess comes up and finds them, and she's super upset. She didn't know where she was. I think she's more upset because she thought she maybe hopped on a coach and yeah. went to London, which is her original plan. <laughs> so she was like, if I had the money. Yeah. Um, but she says, anyone could have seen you bare-legged with your skirts up. <laughs> I was like, okay. Which, when you look at it, it was like they had on capris underneath. Like you saw like calf <laughs> They below. have their um, bloomers on. Yeah. It's like you can't see anything but their calves <laughs> and their ankles. <laughs> But they all leave Charlotte on the shore. And I said, that beach must be terrible to walk barefoot on because it's just a million rocks. Yeah. But Charlotte collects some shells along the seashore. And then she stumbles on some clothes. (laughs) (laughs) And just then, Sydney erupts from the sea, totally naked. She quickly turns her back. (laughs) (laughs) He wants to know if he will ever escape her, and she assures him that he is the last person she wanted to see, and she <laughs> runs away as fast as she can. <laughs> <laughs> I have a gripe with PBS. So the first episode I had bought from, I guess it's iTunes, or Apple, whatever. Uh-huh. And clearly it was like, you know, quote-unquote uncensored, kind of like the original stuff in the UK. But apparently the PBS, uh, when they took it, they edited it so that it would not show his butt wait a minute you mean i could have been seeing a butt this whole time yes <laughs> so i have to buy it to get the butt i guess so or you well, could probably honestly, if you just, want just to buy it. that one episode because it's the yeah. only one with the butt yeah but it's very um how annoying. dare you take away our butts it was like i think online <laughs> it said like oh like pbs edited it for u.s audiences to not include nudity and i was like it's a butt <sighs> come on the last <laughs> that last Emma definitely butts right off butts. the bat, and Bridgerton I know it's not Jane Austen, but <laughs> there are it's, lots of butts in that. Yeah, that's <laughs> also a butt. They, I don't know, y'all. I feel like I saw the butt, butt once. Did I? Was there once an unedited version played? It might be. Maybe it's, if it's on BBC. Maybe I can find it on YouTube. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. <laughs> Because he's a very famous actor. <laughs> but I bet you anything, it's, you know, BBC was like, we're European, we can allow butts. <laughs> for some reason, the US PBS audience can't handle a butt. We can handle the butts. Come on, PBS. We're Please. big boys and girls. Please. Let's do the deep dive. Okay, so I did this one on Charlotte, basically. Queen. Because, you know, she's one of the only pieces in the fragment. Uh So this is mostly based on her character from the fragment, from what we know, from the Jane Austen bit. Okay. And it's from an article called She Saw Indeed Perception and Speculation in Sanditon by Natalie Duvall Robichaud. (laughs) Okay, so Charlotte Haywood is not always compared favorably to other heroines. She can sometimes be considered undeveloped, flat, and maybe not even a heroine. Hmm. But the book Sanditon is really interested, it seems, in the way that Charlotte perceives her world. Uh And there's definitely a lot of evidence that she's not a completely reliable narrator. A little naive. Yeah. Uh, she initially regards Sir Edward as superior in air and manner and handsome with a very good address. She likes him and thought him agreeable. But then later, <laughs> she observes that her idea of his interest had been inaccurate and that he was actually attracted to Clara because it seemed like he was flirting with her. But then she realizes, oh, he's actually attracted to her. Mm-hmm. And so she like has this whole 
Uh, it says there was instantly a slight change in Sir Edward's countenance, which altogether gave a hasty turn to Charlotte's fancy, cured her of her half hour's fever, and placed her in a more capable state of judging. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, a capable state of judging when Sir Edward was gone of how agreeable he had actually been. <laughs> and later she also says that he had not a very clear brain. <laughs> so there's definitely like some changing of opinions, which right. does seem appropriate for, you know, what they are doing with the series. Uh-huh. She also perceives Lady Denham to be very mean and that she makes everyone around her mean. And this may have proved to be true. However, the fact that she took in Clara, who she takes very good care of, indicates that that actually may not be the case that may not have been the case later on her ability to change the way she perceives places her in contrast to many of the other characters such as mr parker who (laughs) doesn't see when they're misled and who consequently rarely change their views Mm -hmm. so i think she maybe she's looking at that as like a good characteristic that you can change your views (laughs) you know and that you are perceptive enough to recognize the truth Mm mm-hmm I agree with that. Which I think would have been a very interesting thing to explore in a book like Sanditon, where you're exploring the nature of like a speculative town. It's all kind of based on, the, uh, we've already seen some fighting, so maybe there was going to be like gambling, and, but like it's all based on like a dream and, mm-hmm. you know, investments. So we don't know if it's actually going to happen. So interesting. Yeah, so that might have actually been a larger theme of the novel, like perception versus reality. Mm-hmm. There's actually a lot of, interesting stuff that happens with the mist in it so like when sydney rides up on his coach at the very beginning when mary sees him although it's like a young parker daughter who sees it in the book uh but only she's the only one who can actually distinguish that it's his carriage through the mist mist is this young girl because it's so um obscured and also when she comes upon edward and clara in the hedge Mm -hmm she it's also very misty and she can only see like a white womanly ish figure but she um, assumes that it's clara because she had seen her all in white and she'd seen her with edward right so, th- so there's a couple of themes like perceptions influenced by what you believe although sanditon seems to go a little bit further with that offering a study of the relationship between speculation and perception and including charlotte and the reader and the mystery and uncertainty hmm. Which is kind of what she did with Northanger Abbey. You know, like, we did think, like, the narrator is taking the audience on a ride. She's assuming we're trusting her, but then she's not always telling us exactly the truth either. So, but this is done less with a, you know, specific narrator and more through Charlotte, I believe. Okay. okay. As the narrator. I understand. So it's, yeah. like, not from Austin's direct almost like thought process yeah it's not as i don't think any of her other books are quite like northanger abbey in which Mm -hmm. she's like i am the narrator and i am telling you about this girl (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah and perhaps all the uncertainty charlotte faces would have taught her about the risks of seeing versus you know perceiving and she may have learned to become a better speculator after her time in sanditon huh yeah and then i decided (laughs) that i picked a um, astrology for her. Uh-huh. So I was thinking about her and I thought she seems like an earth person to me. Mm-hmm. But she's like also that. very driven and like, you know, so I think that she's a Capricorn. Okay. And Capricorn is excellent at launching initiatives. Capricorn's can-do attitude leads to success in pretty much any industry. They can accomplish whatever they set their minds to regardless of the energy it requires so long as they have clear goals and a path to getting there. Capricorns are ambitious with lofty goals that they know they can reach as long as they work hard. They are responsible and own up to their mistakes quickly and learn from them. Huh. That sounds like her. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that she's... I mean, I guess she's kind of ambitious because, you know, like, she was like, hey, take me with you, you know? (laughs) But she seems very, like, I can do it, you know? Mm -hmm. Good work ethic. Yeah. I definitely think there's some Capricorn in (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes and if she is a capricorn um it's capricorn season so true happy belated or early birthday although by the time this comes out it'll probably be aquarius <laughs> probably happy belated birthday then yes Catherine. nope charlotte <laughs> charlotte <laughs> <sighs> i was just imagining her with a little cake and everybody i guess they probably yes. didn't sing happy birthday back then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whatever the old timey british happy birthday was <laughs> yeah 
some sort of a something. Maybe we should blow out some candles. Yes. But that's all I have for the deep dive, unless you wanted to try to classify Charlotte in some other way. I know we kind of stopped doing Harry Potter, but like, mm-hmm. I was also thinking of the Dungeons and Dragons one. <laughs> but I just feel like so unsure of whether I know anything about that. Me I feel either. like I know less about that than I do astrology. So it's like, I would say Charlotte is probably like a, like a lawful good, right? yeah yeah that's, oh yeah that was another measure we were doing yeah i completely agree she doesn't have any ulterior motives and she doesn't really cause problems yeah they kind and of she doesn't seem her. neutral she seems like i will yeah she wants to do stand up for a good positive things yeah. in a way that's a good one lawful good lawful good all right and i guess um do we have any favorite scenes um hmm there's a lot this episode i really liked yeah i would say probably my favorite one was after the church service (laughs) where they're leaving and um oh what's his name the parker brother that's arthur arthur (laughs) i'm always forgetting names arthur parker (laughs) was like saying how he was like he wouldn't mind being able to bloom and <laughs> as long as there's butter toast and plenty of wine <laughs> i just loved that like it was such a, like a silly fun scene and what i like about his character is that he's so comfortable and just being himself yes. and being like ridiculous and everyone lets him be ridiculous i agree um i will say my favorite is going to be probably charlotte and georgiana on the beach uh, yes, when georgiana just collapses into her arms like i finally have a friend yes and then they go play in the water and laugh and i just was like oh mm-hmm. beautiful i love a good friendship <laughs> yes and a friendship between like two people who have like kind of gone through like who've been through like this almost similar like shitty experiences in this place so yeah they can relate and i'm ex- it makes me so excited to see like where their friendship goes yeah in the next and they both episodes. hate sydney <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> which is a very good quality to have <laughs> <laughs> oh my god people are gonna write in with their hate <laughs> for us for not liking Whatever. sydney well maybe they'll understand that in part two sydney is still not good <laughs> no. i was like watch episode two and tell me that he's a good person <laughs> exactly he'll definitely be a stringer um what is it? Not Stan. Shipper. <laughs> Shipper. Also Stan. Or Stan. I don't know. I'm still getting used to the lingo of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not Stan, but Shipper for sure. Recommendations. <gasps> oh, yeah. I know what I'm going to do for my first one. I already called it. I told Christian I had to be able to do it <laughs> because it's the only thing I want to listen to. <laughs> you can do it. But um, yes, I'm going to recommend WandaVision. We've yes. got the first two episodes out. And probably by this time, we'll be at least three up. Mm-hmm. And it was just so cool. I mean, I love Marvel stuff anyway, but the cool, I just, of course, being it. A David Lynch fan, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, you can see I like weird stuff, but like the way that they did the just the uh, oh god, I'm losing my power of words. Um, <laughs> the homage to the different uh-huh. uh, sitcoms, sitcoms, the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to, have to watch all those sitcoms because my mom loved them, and I remember one time in college watching i love lucy mm-hmm. really late really hungover and going wow this is so sexist <laughs> <laughs> and i never really cared for them after that moment i had some weird revelation i was like i don't like old sitcoms anymore <laughs> and um but this was really cool i just it kind of brought back some of the old nostalgia mm-hmm. that like but all, so much, I just can't wait until the show's over. And then I feel like you'll be able to go back to the first couple episodes and be like, oh, that was in there? That was in there? Oh my gosh, they were setting this up then? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's very much one of those things where, because I've not read any of the comics, and uh, I think we've watched just a couple, like, recap videos to be like, hey, look at this, or whatever. <laughs> um, I just feel like I'm going to watch something and be like, I I never saw this coming, even though it was set up by yeah. all these other things, and... It's really good, and I love the the intro they did for the Bewitched Isle of Genie episode. Oh yeah, it I loved just... all the animation in that episode. It was yes. so cool. And the music was so like 
um, it just has that weird like Disneyfication of like the that period of time where it feels really like warm and fuzzy. And... Yeah, and both Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany are so, so good. good, so funny. <laughs> And Catherine Hahn, I mean, Ugh. everybody's amazing at it. I just love yes. it. Catherine Hahn is like I want to do a Marvel favorites. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> one of which I just have to watch and talk and not have to write anything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in the future we could do some like special edition commentaries or something. Maybe if we ever have a Patreon. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I've been enjoying it too. So I'm really excited. Yeah, definitely. I did think at one point I was like, do I want a sitcom to come back with Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany? Because <laughs> they're so funny. And then I, you know, I feel like it's been a while since we've had like a really good sitcom that's been funny. Yeah, because they don't make them like that they anymore. Don't really, but, yeah. you know, I saw a lot of people saying they didn't really care for it because it's just oh, too cheesy. I'm like, oh, get out of here. You guys are just looking for stuff to complain about, but whatever. So that's the point of it. The way she like trips in the first episode, like, whoa. All people who will definitely be watching the entire series regardless. Exactly. So I don't it's think. supposed to be cheesy. <laughs> Stupid. Dum dum dum. What is your recommendation? Um, well, my recommendation today is going to be uh, something a little bit different. I'm going to recommend a skincare product. Ooh. And so I have been on a skincare journey of finding products that I like and kind of like it was never something. Actually, it's a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was something part of my life growing up. I like was a very early adapter of proactive when I was a teenager. Uh-huh. Um, I used to go to the mall to get it, which was really weird to think about. <laughs> and it never really worked for me, but I also did not drink a lot of water or eat well back then because I was a teenager. <laughs> teenager. It's a weird thing to expect a teenager to do. <laughs> so ever since then, I had like gone on like, this journey of like trying to make my skin just, I guess, healthy in a way and learning what healthy skin is or whatever and taking different medications and going to dermatologists. And I have finally found the perfect or near-perfect daytime <laughs> moisturizer. Okay, lay it on us. <laughs> it is the Shiseido Waso Clear Mega Hydrating Moisturizer. Okay. And I... You do look especially glowy right now. <laughs> do I? I'm so happy. I just got it a couple of days ago, and it comes in this kind of like smaller... I can't tell if it's glass, if it's a glass kinks, but it's uh. like this like oval clear with and like the gel on the inside has like an orange tint to it and like the top has like this loop that just looks really chic (laughs) but i I can't remember how much it was it was like maybe between 30 and 40 dollars which isn't terrible for like good skincare and it comes with like this little scooper to kind of like scoop out the jar (laughs) so you have to stick your finger in and it smells so good and i just every time i put it on it it comes on so smooth i don't feel like oily That's and cool. i barely have to use any of it so it's gonna last a long time nice and so i am just so happy with it i feel like it's it almost goes on like a foundation like it kind of evens the skin a little bit it's so like such Does a it have to get, um, spf that's my only that's why i said near perfect because <laughs> the only thing it doesn't have is spf and so i think eventually i'll probably have to get just like a light sunscreen to put on top of it if i'm going outside in the future but yeah just uh whatever i don't know well that sounds cool what's it called again shiseido waso which is like shiseido is like this um japanese i think i think it's japanese beauty brand uh shiseido waso clear mega hydrating moisturizer sounds good i got it from sephora so got it everywhere but i would recommend it highly because it has <laughs> really been like a, one of those like i don't know euphoric finds i'm like oh my god it's so good <laughs> awesome all right well okay well that's it for this week yes and next week we'll be doing part three i'm so excited oh and if you would like to contact us to yes. tell us what you think and tell me how I'm so wrong about Sydney and I'm jumping to conclusions <laughs> about Clara and I'm not giving everyone enough chance yeah. or that you totally agree with me and I'm always right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and honestly, most importantly, is it Gloucestershire or Gloucestershire yes. or what Please. is but it? But it says right so we don't torture you with our horrible pronunciations <laughs> anymore. <laughs> Although it's British, so I don't really care We could probably just look it up, I mean. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah. 
But if you would like to scream at us for any of those reasons, you can email <laughs> us at mannersmadness at gmail.com. You can DM us on Twitter at mannersmadness or on Instagram at mannersmadnesspod. Or you can leave us a verbal message, verbally screaming at us, uh, <laughs> mannersmadness.com. And it's you can leave about a minute long. So. Yes. <laughs> Let us know. Yes. So we hope to hear from you, and we will be back next week with part three of Sanditon. A.K.A. the Georgiana and Charlotte. (laughs) Sisterly romance. Yes. We need to think of a a good... No? Well, anyway. Anyways. (laughs) We'll get back to that. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, see you guys next week. Bye. Good night.